Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said, fight. You can't fight. He said, withstand. You can't withstand. He said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast for us, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. And I have uh, with me my regular co-host. And uh, lately, sometimes it hasn't been as regular as we'd like it to be. Uh, Brother Tim, how are you? Doing good. So how is life? Catch us up with uh, you and your crew. Yeah, life is good. God's been good. We had an uh, incredible weekend this past weekend. Had Evangelist Todd Monaghan over here and uh, teaching the teenagers at our church uh, some MMA and uh, learning some fighting and things like that. We had one Trust Christ at the camp and then uh, just had a great weekend overall uh, this weekend in, in church and in ministry and life and, and a lot of things like that. It was it was a good week. Had a had a great week and uh, and ready ready to to continue serving this next week. Awesome. Yes, but Todd Monaghan, if you don't know him, I would uh, encourage you to get to know him. Super guy, saved out of the world, um, former UFC fighter uh, on the Ultimate Fighter program, um, but uh, travels, preaches, teaches, and uh, he's done four jail revivals for us. We're on the chaplain at the jail and comes in, and uh, I think he preaches like 16 times, different pods all the way through for a whole week. And then on Friday and Saturday, we do a mini MMA camp, mixed martial arts, teaching boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and kids have a great time. Uh, men need to be able to know how to stand, how to fight, how to protect themselves, their family. It's really a good thing, and the boys love it. And um, he does that and then preaches and does junior church. Uh, Todd Monaghan um, from Clinton, Iowa, super, super guy. Uh, MMA for Christ, I believe if you Google that, you would be able to find it. But, uh, yeah, super. It has been busy but exciting. God's done some great things. And so we have um, a lesson for you, a topic to get into that um, they're excited about, and it is gigantic. It is really big. It's important. This topic has been beaten to death, but it still so many times isn't right. So don't turn us off, please. I believe that you will hear some things you haven't heard before in a different way. And if you listened 
logically and biblically, I think it would help many people. Uh, the problem is so many times our minds are already made up. So what's that phrase? If you convince someone against their will, they're of the same opinion still. And so um, that's the danger with this. So try to make sure that you're, that you're open to Bible. Um, now, you don't want to be tossed around with every wind of doctrine and you're not open to uh, anything that's out there, but to be open to the Bible uh, is all that we're asking. So the topic, Brother Tim, you want to uh, tell them what our topic is for today? (laughs) It is on repentance. Oh no, not that. Please, anything but that, (laughs) not repentance. So um, um, please don't turn us, oh no, here we go again, okay? Listen, I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll be helpful and um, and would love to hear your feedback from it. I'm sure we don't know everything, but uh, we'd love to learn also. So let me tell you my background. When I got into this, Independent Fundamental Baptist, 21 years old, in the Army, um, started going back to church for not the right reason. I wanted to find a nice girl, so I went to church. Didn't find the girl there. Got the devil preached out of me. Finally surrendered to preach, went to Bible college. But but I knew none of this, okay? I was saved in a Southern Baptist church, eight, almost nine years old, knew I was saved, never doubted it. Um, and I knew the Bible stories, okay, growing up as a kid. And I think I had three verses memorized, John 3.16, Matthew 6.33, and Psalm uh, 119.105, okay? I had three verses memorized. I was president of my youth group, um, but um, pretty worldly. So, so this is all new to me. So hearing these doctrines, hearing people preach, hearing people teach, and then learning and doing what the Bible says, that the people of Berea were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to see whether those things be so. And so many times we don't do that. And so um, one of our theme verses here that we, um, that we like, Paul, Acts 17, verse 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three, day, three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. And that's what we want to do. We want to reason with you out of the scriptures. Logic and Bible must prove, and whatever our topic is, that's a phrase. Logic and Bible must prove that repentance is not, here we go, a turning from your sin. All right? I said it. Uh, you just turned me off. Don't, okay? Please listen. Um, we will get into that and help. So logic and Bible must prove that. Now, this will probably be more than one uh, issue. We may have a part two and a part three. I know we're going to do one on Lordship Salvation that is a continuation of this repentance and Lordship Salvation together. But uh, um, but those, um, those uh, will do more of this, okay? And so, so many things are done and messed up simply because of English. Dr. Howes used to tell us in college, guys, um, besides the Bible, English is the most important course you'll ever take. And he would say, actually, English is the most important course you'll take because any preacher worth his salt is going to learn the Bible. And so, but English is important because if you don't know English, you're not going to know how to define. You're not going to know how to understand. You're not going to know how to speak and write. And so many things in the Bible are simply false doctrine because we don't simply know English and then definitions. Now, we talked about definitions before. Repentance, this whole issue is wrapped up in the definition, how you define it, okay? How you define it. And there's probably 20 different variations of how it's defined. But again, to review, definition. Marriage, does it matter? Webster's 1828, the act of uniting a man and a woman for life. Wedlock, illegal union of a man and a woman for life, okay? That was the definition. 
Merriam-Webster, a relationship that exists between two people who are united as spouses, the state of being married. Okay, just says two people. Now this one, Webster's New World Dictionary, the definition of marriage is a religious or legal process through which people become husband and wife, husband and husband, or wife and wife, the state of being married. Okay, so boy, Brother Tim, how much are things defined differently? Um, and if the definition isn't right, everything else is going to be wrong. Yeah, it can change the way you uh, read scripture, the way you live your life altogether. It is. I mean, the simple word gay, from my whole lifetime, gay has been a bad word. You read it in the Bible, and it's a great word, it's a happy word. And they stole that word. That was a great word. They stole the rainbow, you know, rainbow coalition now and rainbow flag and LGBT. I mean, that is a Bible promise that God gave. And so anyway, the definitions of these things need to come from the Bible. Now, dictionaries are dangerous here because what we do is we pick out the definition that we want to prove our point. Okay, and so with when regard with repentance, um, Macmillan says to recognize that you've done something wrong and to feel shame, ashamed and sorry about it, especially when you've done something against the rules of your religion. Okay, so if that's all we go with, okay, that's repentance. Um, or even uh, Webster's in this. Okay, uh, a lot of different ways to define it: to feel pain, sorrow, regret for something done. Okay, to feel pain. And we're going to put these into the Bible in a minute and talk about it. To express sorrow for something of the past. Number three, to change the mind uh, in consequence of the inconvenience or injury done by past conduct. Uh, number four, applied to the supreme being to change the course of providential dealings. In theology, to sorrow or be pained for sin or a violation of God's law. We talk about penance that way. And, uh, and so you have five different definitions there. And the danger of that is people just pick their definition to fit what they want to do and apply it. So the best way to define anything, you've heard the phrase, the Bible is the best commentary on itself. Um, you have a question about something in the Bible, then look at other places in the Bible to do that. And the same thing for definitions. Um, that There are people who've put together Bible dictionaries based on how the Bible defines it, and that's the best way. Every person knows the hermeneutics, the law first mentioned, okay? Look in the Bible the first time something is mentioned in the Bible, and you will get a stronger, deeper understanding of that. And so, um, and so I want to, uh, want to be able to do that. So the first time repent is mentioned in the Bible, Exodus 13, verse 17. First time. And it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Okay? So let's put in those definitions. Lest peradventure the people turn from their sin when they see war. So Tim, does that make sense? Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Um, and uh, the people, let's see, they... Um, the people have a change of mind that leads to a change of action, okay? Could be. Um, the people turn. Yes, it's very simple to be able to see the definition that most people use to turn from sin is not. The people simply change their mind. When they saw war, then they could return to Egypt. So let's not go that way. Let's go this way, 
okay? That is the very first mention of repent in the Bible, and it is the clear, simple definition that can be used every time repent is used all the way through the Bible, and we see that. And so that's the first mention. We'll talk more about that, and we'll apply those things in there. And uh, um, and by the way, I had my computer crash, and because of that, um, I had to get things all reset, and now I can't find where to turn off my notifications. So if you hear a ding in there, uh, I've got to figure that out, but it's messed my whole thing up. My computer doesn't work, my Dropbox, sorry, my printer doesn't work, my Dropbox doesn't connect, and so, uh, and, uh, so many things are different. I've got to redo and find all that. So please forgive the ding that is somebody texting and uh and i can't turn that off right now uh because i don't know how so uh, anyway forgive me so um so in those definitions now this is please listen to this part of it the english okay so we've shown a first mention of it um and so but i want you to understand some english terms now i am not an english scholar i will tell you that my wife is her master's degree is in secondary education teaching fields in english okay and so she can quote the um english book she can quote uh, all the definitions of this but this is very simple um go back to junior high english this is not hard and you'll get this all right so we define repent okay I believe the simplest definition is repent is to turn, okay, to turn. Now, repent is a verb. Everybody got that? Repent is a verb. So people, if they define the verb by adding an object to it, this prepositional phrase object, it is not the way to define a verb. You define a verb with another verb and an adverb, okay? Remember an adverb. Uh, what that is, an adverb modifies a verb, adjective, or another adverb. An adverb answers the questions when, where, how, to what extent, how much, or how long. Okay? You remember that? Junior high, English, all right? Adverb. Please don't uh, l lose me now, okay? And so we define a verb with an adverb. So let's take to run. Let's define run, okay? And so um, we're going to define run by just saying to walk fast to walk fast. I know it's not technical, but you understand that. To walk. Walk is a verb. Run is a verb. So walk fast, and the fast is the adverb describing the verb, okay? It's the adverb describing the verb, to walk fast. Now, what would it be like if I said this, Brother Tim? All right, to define walk, to, sorry, to define run, we're going to say to walk fast to the store. Does that define the verb run. No, it does not. It, it, you're putting an object, a prepositional phrase to the store, using that to define a verb. An object, the prepositional phrase does not define a verb. The verb, another verb, and an adverb defines a verb. So to run would be to walk fast. You cannot say to walk fast to the church to walk fast to the store, to walk fast to the, to the lake. The object, that prepositional phrase, to the wherever, has nothing to do with defining a verb. Okay, here we go. Repent is a verb. Okay, repent, we could say it's to turn or a change of mind. Can we add an object and a prepositional phrase in there? To turn from your sins. You cannot define a verb with a prepositional phrase and an object defining that. 
to turn from alcohol, to turn from drugs. Repent is to turn from, put in whatever you want to do there. You cannot define a verb with a prepositional phrase of how or what you're going to do that. That doesn't define that. And so just like to run would be to walk fast, repent would be to turn, but you can't say turning from what, that gets out of the realm of definition of defining a verb. Brother Tim, does that make sense? Makes complete sense. And it's crazy how something so simple and really elementary uh, is something that can cause uh, great division in, in uh, salvation doctrine. It is. And there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about repent. And when someone repents, many times there is a change of action. And when someone repents, they do do something. But you cannot put that in the definition of repent because that's not the definition of repent. Um, and so we're going to talk more about that as far as in salvation. But very simply, English, you define a verb with another verb and an adverb. You cannot define the verb with a prepositional phrase of we're going to run fast to the store. To the store or to the lake has absolutely nothing to do with defining the word run. It does not. And the same thing, repent means to turn, okay? You can't say to turn from what? Put in your list of what you think somebody needs to turn from, okay? Now, are there people in the Bible when they repented, they turned from something? Absolutely. But that's not the definition of the word repent. So we turned and then fill in the blank of what it is. And so there's a guy that um, posted, and, and, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, um, but like you said, Brother Tim, it's elementary, okay? If people knew elementary English and applied this, they would not have false doctrine on this. They just, they just wouldn't. Yep. And so this guy said, if repentance is only a change of mind, tell that to Paul. Because Paul said, repent and turn to God and do works. He said, if repentance is just a change of mind, someone needs to tell that to John. Because John spoke of repenting of murders, of sorcery, of fornication, of thefts, which is exactly proving my point. Repent means to turn, and then after that, you can put in whatever you want, but that is not defining repent. That is explaining afterwards what someone is repenting of. But do you get saved by turning from alcohol? No. Do you get saved no. by turning from drugs? Do you get saved by turning from um, speeding? No, okay, you don't. So it's the object of that repent. So I want to go back into this. So if you understand that basic definition of that, then we want to look at what truly saves. Okay, Brother Tim, what if you had to use Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, okay, if all you had is the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, what Gospel would you use to show someone how to go to heaven? I would use John. John. Okay. By the way, I've asked 100 people that, and everyone says, John, how come? Oh, let's see. John, maybe um, 316, <laughs> for God so loved yep. the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's not one verse. There are 20 amazing verses in John to believe, 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 believe. Okay. Um, but Tim, you want to take a guess how many times the Gospel of John uses the word repent? I don't think it ever does, does it? <laughs> Not once. Not once. The gospel that you ask 
100 preachers, 99, at least out of 100, I think would say the gospel of John, John never used repent one time. So if we have to repent to be saved, then guess what? Can't use gospel of John. Is that unbelievable? That to me is unfathomable. It's like, okay, there's something deeper here than just you preaching on repentance that we have to turn from sin. If the gospel every preacher would use to show somebody how to go to heaven does not use repent even once. Wow. So repent is not in there. So what does John use? We already said it, believe. So Brother Tim, here's a question. Does believe save? That depends on what you're <laughs> believing on. Perfect. Exactly. Uh, I believe on this rock to save me. Is that going to take me to heaven? No. Nope. I'm going to believe on the Pope to save me. Is that going to take me to heaven? No. I'm going to believe my grandmother was a godly woman. In fact, she was a preacher. So I, I, I'm believing on my grandmother. I'm going to make it. Is that going to get you to heaven? Nope. How about this? To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that going to save you? Absolutely. Ding, ding, Believing ding. on the right object. Believing on the Absolutely. right object. Absolutely. Okay. So does believe save? It depends. It depends what the object of your belief is. Okay. And so here's where we get into the verb believe and the object of it. The Lord Jesus Christ saves. Yes. Okay. Believe in the Pope or your baptism to save you? Absolutely not. But the verb the verb to find believe, you cannot attach an object to it. That's afterwards. What am I believing upon? That's going to save me. All right, Brother Tim, in your witnessing, when you show someone how to go to heaven, what, uh, what book of the Bible do you use most of the time? Uh, most of the time I use Romans. That's sort of my foundation. And then I'll veer off to, you know, other books, different verses, uh, things that tie into salvation from there. And uh, from, you know, everything from John, Titus, um, Ezekiel, you know, you, you go, or Isaiah, go back and forth. But Romans is my foundation when I'm, wit when I'm witnessing to somebody. Absolutely. And by the way, ask 100 preachers out there, you're probably going to get 99 of them that will say, yeah, the book of Romans, okay? The Romans wrote, plan of salvation, we're all sinners. There's a penalty for sin. Jesus paid that penalty in accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior uh, to save you, okay? So Romans, um, uh, Brother Tim, do you know how many times Romans uses the word repent? I do not. How many so, times? Twice, okay? Only two times. And listen, wow. never is it used in respect with salvation? Okay, for instance, the Bible says, uh, uh, for the gifts and calling in Romans, for the gifts and calling of God is without repentance. So let's see, let's put in their definition. For the gifts and calling of God is without turning from sin. Does that fit? No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, without a change of mind. Does that fit? Yep, it does. Absolutely. What does that mean? If God called you to preach, then God's never going to change his mind about your call to preach. You're still supposed to preach. You may not pastor. You may not do what you used to do, but God still called you and he hasn't changed his mind. All right. It's amazing. If you believe a definition, all you have to do is take out the word and put in your definition and see if it fits. And guess what? Turning from sin does not fit. Changing your mind does, okay? So twice in Romans it uses repent, neither of them is in regard to salvation. So what does Romans use? Faith, all right? But the Tim, does faith save you? Again, it depends on what, <laughs> what your faith is in. If my faith Perfect. is in Buddha, it's not gonna work. If my faith is in myself, 
uh, or my own turning from sin and my self-righteousness, and that's where my faith is placed, then no. Absolutely. Nailed it. And so faith, the object of your faith, if my faith is in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, then will that save me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Faith again in a rock? No. Faith in my grandmother? No. Faith in baptism or the Pope? No. Faith in those things will not save me. Faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, that will save me. And so John uses believe, doesn't use repent. Romans uses faith, it doesn't use repent. Does believe save? If the object is Jesus, yes. Does faith save? If the object is Jesus, yes. Okay? So Matthew, Mark, and Luke uses repent a lot. Okay? And great. Does repent save, Brother Tim? It depends again on the <laughs> object. Depends on the object. So here we go. Repent, to turn, to change, okay? So repent, to turn from alcohol, will that save you? No. No, oh, it's a good thing to do, okay? We just had uh, lessons on alcohol. Um, Unless if you're I, a Christian who believes that drinking alcohol is okay. Just thought yeah, I'd throw that exactly. in there. Exactly. So, by the way, our version two uh, got corrupted somehow. It's supposed to be right now. So if you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to it. You've got to hear the closing illustration uh, on uh, alcohol uh, lesson number two. Okay. But uh, so turning from alcohol, repenting from alcohol, is that going to save somebody? No. Repenting nope. from smoking, is that going to save someone? No. Nope. Uh, repenting from um, carousing or speeding or murders or thefts or whatever, turning from those things, is that going to save someone? No. No. But here it is. Turning from unbelief in Christ to believe in Christ, does that save someone? Absolutely. Yes. Turning from trusting the Pope <clears throat> to save you to trusting Jesus to save you, will that take you to heaven? Yep. Repent is simply to turn. Does repent save? It depends. What is the object of the repentance? If the object of the repentance is something of your work, by the way, should we repent of those things? Absolutely. Does that save you? Absolutely not. You can have go turn over all the new leaves that you want. You can change all the bad outward sin of your life. Um, and is that going to take you to heaven? Absolutely not. It becomes a work salvation of all the things you have to do to be saved. And so it's not. Can repent save? Absolutely. If the object of that repentance is turning from what I was trusting to save me to trusting Jesus to save me, then I'm saved. It is amazing how simple salvation is. It's amazing how simple going to heaven is. And it's amazing how it all fits in together. We live in the South in um, Tennessee, and there are a lot of Church of Christ around. They were originally called Campbellites because um, um, Alexander Campbell started it. Alexander Campbell was a Presbyterian who saw baptism by immersion, became a Baptist. Then he started teaching baptism was essential to salvation. Baptists were going to kick him out because we believe salvation by grace through faith. So he started his own work um, and uh, called the Disciples of Christ, and it became Church of Christ. So what they believe to go to heaven is you have to hear and believe and repent and be baptized and live a good life and take the Lord's Supper every Sunday and don't use the piano in the services and endure to the end and then hopefully you get to go to heaven. And what is that? 
It's a work salvation. What they're doing yep. is adding everything the Bible says to do and saying you have to do that to go to heaven. The Bible never said to add. In fact, it said to rightly, what is it? Divide. Divide. Rightly divide the word of truth. So look at the context, look at the doctrine, look and see who it's talking to and what is it talking about and understand that together and boom, that doctrine will make sense. John never says repent, but yet we use John to show someone how to go to heaven. <laughs> um, yeah. And by the way, it, and if I it, could just add, sure, go ahead. Okay. If I could just add, <clears throat> there's an irony in it all. The professing Christians who believe that someone can't get saved unless they repent of their sin are actually the ones that have truly not repented scripturally, according to scripture and uh, turned to Christ. The very reason God uses the term repentance in connection with salvation and lists it as a necessary component of it is because, because one must truly turn to Jesus with a willful, willful heart to be their sole supplier of salvation. No self-righteousness can accompany it. There's a bunch of professing Christians, self-righteous Christians that have never truly repented by turning to Jesus Christ as their sole savior. They re they rely on a partnership of him and them for their salvation, meaning they trust in Jesus to save them only if they personally truly repent or turn from their sin. Their own righteous performance is required uh, to get his saving grace. And without their own efforts, they believe they can't be saved. And so their, their whole belief on it is absolutely incorrect. And when they start teaching other people that they have to turn from all their sins and turn and not live in sin and they have to make sure that they are not, uh, they can visit sin, but they can't live in sin. And, and all of those things, it's completely incorrect and it's not yeah. based on scripture at all. And their own salvation is based on their own self-righteousness, which is truly not self, uh, which is truly not salvation. So they would in all reality need to check their own salvation in all of that uh, while they're teaching that because it's completely incorrect. Yeah. And you're exactly right. How many people are trusting in themselves turning from sin and they use that as their as are even their own testimony. And so um, I heard this guy preach and, uh, and he said, bless God, if you got saved and you're still puffing on them cigarettes, then bless God, you didn't get what I got. And yay, shouting, amen. What are they saying? If you're still smoking, you didn't get saved. Because why? You didn't repent. You didn't turn from all your sins, okay? <laughs> you know the funny thing about that preacher? His pastor told me later, you know what? It sounds like he doesn't remember where he came from. When he got saved, he smoked for two years uh, after he got saved before he got rid of them cigarettes. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> True story. If I said the name, many people, almost every independent Baptist would know the name. Uh, he preached it. Bless God, if you're still smoking, you didn't get what I got. To question your salvation because you, you ha you're still struggling with a sin of the flesh, that is amazing. And, uh, um, and we'll get into that more in Lordship Salvation. But when people say to turn from sin, listen please carefully to this. And go ahead and quote me and go ahead and put me on whatever bad sermon clips or mock and laugh, whatever that you want to. But listen carefully to this. No one has ever or will ever turn from all their sins until we get That's a glorified good. body. No That's one good. has ever or will ever turn from all their sins until we get a glorified body. So if we have to turn from our sins to be saved, then guess what? No one will ever be saved.
And so, yep. and by the way, they don't really mean to turn from all your sins because they know it can't. Are you sinless? No. Um, are they sinless? No. And by the way, the best Christian that we know of, okay, the Apostle Paul said what, okay? He said, I am chief of sinners. I have not yet apprehended. He said, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do, I don't want to do. Oh, wretched man that I am, okay? Um, that sin which does so easily beset us. Um, 1 John 1, 9, why do we need 1 John 1, 9 if we've turned from all of our sins? Well, well, uh, th that means you have a desire or willingness to turn. Show me that in the Bible. It, it doesn't say that. Again, we're trying to put our definitions into biblical things. And what you mean is, you turn from those big out, outward, th outward things. All right, you turn from adultery. You turn from drinking. You turn from idolatry. You turn from witchcraft. Great. Let me ask you, have you turned from all your hatred? Nope, because right now, if you believe differently than me, guess what you're feeling? <laughs> hatred. Have you turned from all your wrath? Have you turned from your strife? Have you turned from your heresies? Have you turned from your envyings? Have you turned from your lust? Have you turned from your evil thinking? Have you turned from your evil speaking? It's amazing. We'll say, oh yeah, I turned from my sins. Bless God. When I got saved, I stopped this, 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 and this. Have you stopped your pride? Absolutely not, because that statement is so filled with pride. When I got yep. saved, I turned from all these. You've not turned from your pride. And if you want to truly understand this, I love these three verses. The thought of foolishness is sin. Hello. How many foolish thoughts do you have every day? Oh, yeah, I turn from all my sins. Really? <laughs> no, you just mean the outward big ones that everyone sees. How about this? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. How many things do we not do of faith? And it's sin. How about this? Whoso knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. How many things do we know we're supposed to do good that we don't do? And God said that's sin. So, sir, please tell me how you have turned from all of your sin. We need to stop preaching this heresy and preaching when we go into churches, bless God, if you're still sinning, you didn't get what I got. If you're still doing this, then you're not saved. And they preach that all the time. If you've not turned from your sins, that you're not saved. If you've not made him Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And they preach to people and make them doubt their salvation because they still yep. struggle with sin. Because why? <clears throat> we still have flesh. Paul didn't do that. Paul accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior, and guess what? He had struggles with his flesh the rest of his life, as do we, okay? And yeah. so it is just and, such heresy to say that. And I've, I've been in services like that before, and I've been with friends, been around people, been around new Christians who they're sitting there, and they hear this preach, and they're convicted of sin, and they're thinking, man, I remember getting saved, but am I really saved? I might be going to hell because I, I, I still struggle with this. And they end up with this doubting, constant doubting of their salvation, and that's not, that's not where we're supposed to live. Uh, and God wants us to know we have eternal life. In First John, we're supposed to be able to rely on him and what his son did on the cross for us and for preachers to preach that and for people to push that, that you have to no longer live in sin. Uh, you can only visit a sin and then, you know, got to turn back to God and then uh, you can't, all of those things, when they go into all of that, it's completely incorrect. So, okay, I have a question for you uh, along those lines um, with with some of that. Um, I know people have tried to put up scenarios and obviously, 
we're never going to really know someone's uh, salvation, uh, what's ab- absolutely in their heart. But when people try and put out some crazy scenarios and say, you know, this person, they came, they got saved, but they went straight back to living in fornication or living in adultery or uh, living with someone outside of marriage, and uh, they didn't change that. And they try and say that if if the person would have known that he had to change that, then he wouldn't have trusted Christ because he's not willing to change that. They try and use that as a way to say that he did not get saved because that is a... Uh, quote, get out of hell, hell free card. And that's not what salvation is only for to just get out of hell. So what's your thoughts on scenarios like that? Or when people try and put stuff like that there to say that people who are still living in sin or super bad sins that they're not saved? Yeah. What the problem is we want people to live holy. We want people to be righteous. And when people are not, then we put doctrinal issues on them saying, then surely they can't be saved because they did this or they're still doing this. Okay, Um, you cannot prove that from the Bible Um, because if someone listen, a saved person, (laughs) quote me on this, a saved person can do anything, any sin that an unsaved person can do. Here's David, a man after God's own heart trusted Messiah to save him. And guess what he did? Adultery and murder. Moses believed on the lamb, salvation. What did he do? Murder. Um, To look and see, Lot vexed his righteous soul. God said he had a righteous soul. He committed incest with his two daughters after he got drunk. To be able to say that, oh yeah, if you're saved, you won't do this. You can't prove that from the Bible. And we'll get more into this in Lordship Salvation. And I know there's verses you can take and we don't have time to get into all of those things today. But a saved person can do anything that an unsaved person can do. It doesn't make them not saved. Now, and what is that? It's simply... God's illustration is a child. We're saved. We are born again. We're one of God's children. Okay. I have 11 of them. And guess what? All my children are perfect. And after they were born into my family, they have never sinned or disobeyed me at all. Is that right? Okay. Uh, nope. Brother Tim, how about your six? Uh, is that your track record? Uh, I mean, they're, they're coming right up on perfect. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and we know that that's, that's not. Children disobey. Children of God disobey. Saved people disobey. And what we do is we take this sin and we make it, oh, this one, you can't be saved if you're still doing this one. What about yours, sir? What about your mind? What about your thoughts? What about your words? What about your pride? Okay? What does God do? These six things that the Lord hate. Okay? What sin is that? Proud look. Boy, how big is that? Okay, yes, adultery is bad. Yes, those sins are bad. Um, It's amazing how we look at other people's sins and their sins are worse than our sins. And that's what people do. So no, a saved person can do anything that an unsaved person can do. And it doesn't mean they're not saved. And biblically, you cannot do that. Peter cursed, swore, denied Christ. Okay, he denied Christ. Was he saved? Yes. He was saved. Um, and so for people to say that, no, it just makes no sense at all. So let me get into yeah. a little more of repent in the word. So the repent is used 46 times in the Old Testament, 66 times in the New Testament, okay? 112 times in the Bible. Uh, repent appears uh, over 60 times in the Old Testament. Um, and listen, 18 times God, not man, repented. 
um, 19 times it refers to something about which God does not or does, uh, does or does not repent. So God's not going to change his mind on this. Uh, six times man does repenting. So that means in the Old Testament, God does repenting 86% of the time. So if your definition is turning from sin, then let's, <laughs> we've got a problem. Okay, because God repented. Brother Tim, I don't know why that simple biblical logic that people would still hang on to a definition that repenting is turning from sin when God repented more than anyone. How in the world can people still hang on to a definition of repentance turning from sin when God repented? Yeah, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. It should be very simple. It is amazing. Jonah 3, 10. And God saw their work that they turned from their evil way. Jonah preached Nineveh. They turned from their evil way. And God repented. Did God turn from his sin? And God nope. repented. Did he turn from his sin? No. He changed his mind of the evil that he said he would do unto them, and he did it not. Simple. Put in your definition, guess what? It doesn't work. It doesn't fit. Put in biblical definition, God changed his mind, and what he was going to do to them, he didn't do. How come? Because the people turned from their evil way. All right? And so, um, so very simple, repentance cannot be turning from your sin because God did it. Jeremiah 26, 13, now, uh, therefore now amend your ways and your doings. Obey the voice of the Lord your God, and the Lord will repent him of the evil that he hath pronounced against you. So did the Lord turn from his sin? No, nope. he can't. There is no sin in God, okay? God didn't turn from his sin. What did he do? He changed his mind from the judgment that he was going to bring upon them. Real simple. Ezekiel 24, 14, I, the Lord, have spoken it. It shall come to pass, and I will do it. I will not go back, neither will I spare, neither will I repent. Neither will I turn from my sins? Please, really? <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, honestly, and, and I'm not trying to be rude, but I probably am. This is so elementary. This is so sophomoric. Very easily, if you want to see if your definition fits, take out the word, put in your definition, and guess what? It doesn't fit. Um, God said, neither will I repent, neither will I turn from my sin. No, God said, I'm not going to change my mind. That's what he's saying. Um, and so over and over, it is that way, okay? And so, yes, there are verses in the Bible. You can see they repented and turned and did something. Absolutely. Ezekiel 18.30, uh, repent and turn your, yourselves from all your transgressions. Absolutely. Repent, change your mind, and then turn yourself from all your transgression. But it's not saying repent. The definition of it is that. Repent and turn from your transgressions. And so, yes, after we change our mind, then many times it does lead to a change of action, but you cannot put that in the definition and then apply your change of action to whatever you want it to be. Oh, when you repented, then you're going to change this, 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 and this, or you're not saved. That is heresy, and that is a work salvation. That is not by grace through faith. That is not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It is not that. And so uh, it is yeah, amazing I think, what's said. Go ahead. I think people get so focused on turning from. It's the turning from. When, uh, when one turns to something, the effect is that one turns from something. However, what we turn from is not the important part. It's a byproduct of the turning to. So this makes what we willfully turn to for salvation of the utmost importance, being Christ, it's extremely important. They get so focused on 
what you're turning from. It's it's the turning to. It's turning to the Savior, and they get uh, they get really messed up in that, and and it's uh, it's very important. Um, I, can I ask you another question now, or do you want me to wait? Yes, absolutely. Well, let me. You have your question written down. I want to mention one thing before before I forget. Okay, sounds good. Please be careful of using your salvation as the standard for someone else's salvation. Okay, this is testimony salvation. Bless God. When I got saved, good. When you got saved, maybe you never had another drop of alcohol and you never said another curse word and you stopped your adulteries and you got in church faithfully and you served God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But don't make that the requirement for somebody else when they got saved. Paul never did that. Can you imagine Paul? Um, did oh, you yeah. see a light? Did you see a light? <laughs> Were you blinded? <laughs> Were you knocked off your horse? <laughs> you didn't get what I got, bless God. Paul never That's did good. that. He never put his salvation testimony as a requirement for other people's salvation testimony. Okay? What did he do? What did he preach? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, it's very easy to do that. When I got saved, this is what happened. Good. But you do not take your salvation story and make it a requirement for other people. Paul never did that. And if Paul did that, guess what? Nobody else would be saved. Use the Bible for salvation, not your testimony That's story. That's good. That's that's extremely powerful. And a lot of times I think Christians do that. If, if they, even if they lead someone to Christ, they're like, man, he didn't change. Like I changed. He, he didn't, he didn't turn from everything that I turned from everything that I turned from man, what I got was, was real. What he got, I don't know if that was really real. And, uh, and, and they completely input what they experienced over what the Bible definition of salvation is and an experience, your experience, it may not be someone else's experience, but salvation is not about an experience. It's about a, a faith in Jesus Christ alone and what he did on the cross. And, uh, people get really wrapped up in all that. Um, so I guess my question would be, um, with, uh, so, uh, some of the things that I've heard before and people talk about when it comes to faith and repentance is they talk about that turning because uh, they again they use the uh, the other definition they say it's turning from your sin but in their turning from your sin they say it's not work salvation because turning from your sin is not um, how do they say it? they say it's no more works it's no more a work uh, than faith is a work so they basically say since faith isn't a work then turning from your sin isn't a work so it can't be considered work salvation but it is a part of salvation so uh, what's your what's your take on that yeah it, it is amazing uh, there's a beautiful question in John chapter 6 verse 28 because people talk about um, the the works and are we saved by works and, and they say we're not saved by works but what they do is they will add works to it but they say oh that's not a work that's just like faith yeah okay yeah um and so and so that's what they do so we're not saved by works we're saved by one work to believe on him whom he has sent okay uh what shall we do that we might work the works of god okay verse 29 in john chapter 6 Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. We're not saved by works. We're saved by one work, the belief in Jesus that he died, buried, and rose again to save us. Anything else that you add to it besides that, you're now saying we're saved by works. 
okay? Uh, we're good. saved by one work that we do to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting. They question him, okay? What, might, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus said, one work. We're not saved by our works. We are saved by one work we do, and that's to believe on him whom he has sent. Look it up. John 6, verse 28 and 29. So when we add all those things to it, oh, yeah, yeah, that's just like faith. It's a work, okay? And by the way, faith and believe and repent, the right definition, they're all the same, okay? Believe yeah. on the Lord Jesus Christ, faith on the Lord Jesus Christ, repent from what I was trusting to trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. They're all the same. It's one work, to believe on him whom he has sent. If I believed on Jesus, then I turned from what I was believing to believe on Jesus, which is biblical repentance, okay? And so anything else they add to it is works. There's one work, to believe on him whom he has sent. John 6, 28 and 29. That's powerful. That's good stuff. And don't hear that uh, said. I don't think I've heard many people say that anywhere, but it's it's extremely powerful. And people who get caught up into all of those things and start they start following people who are they like, they think are good preachers, they're slick guys, they're night, neat guys, and, and they follow them down certain th things, and they think that they're sound doctrinally. They push, we just believe the doctrines, we just believe the fundamentals, we just, all of these things, and then next thing you know, once they start talking about what they believe on salvation, you know, you may be following them down a path and say, man, I like these guys, I like this pastor, I like this person, but if you don't know what he believes, if you end up finding out, you know, man, he believes you got to turn from your sin. He believes in uh, in repentance the wrong way, and a lot of those same people also, you know, don't even believe you could go out and, and witness to somebody and them get saved, uh, and, and, and they feel like that's a false salvation, a false conversion, uh, all of those things man be careful who you follow there they can Amen. be so messed up on their doctrine and uh and following biblical doctrine on repentance and not getting that all all messed up is very 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 yeah. needed for us as christians absolutely i'm going to end on this and what brother tim said i think it's just perfect be careful the doctrine of salvation is the preeminence okay if yep. you're wrong yep. on that you don't need to listen and follow them many people are just like the mormons they look good, they're sharp, they got good things on the family, and they use that to pull people into their false doctrine. You might like somebody on this issue and this issue, you might like somebody preaching, you might like, like somebody doing all that, but please listen to that salvation um, testimony because that is what is going to matter more than anything. Um, the church I was saved in as a kid, Southern Baptist Church, and uh, there's a friend of mine there, and we were friends for years. We both got saved about the same time. After I became a preacher, after freshman year in Bible college, I preached at a church here in Tennessee, and, and this uh, young lady came. And afterwards, we talked, and she said, yeah, I've really struggled since uh, uh, I've been a teenager, and I keep sinning. I keep messing up. I keep falling. I knew we were saved the same church, believed on the Lord Jesus Christ to save us. And here's what she said. I went to my pastor to talk to him, and he said, well, if you keep struggling with sin, then you may not be saved. You may not be one of the chosen. You may not be one of oh, the ones man. that are predestined to go to heaven. If you keep struggling with sin, then you may just be not one of the, the chosen. And I was so furious and upset. What do they do? 
because we want people to be holy so bad and if they can't then we change our doctrine and to be able to say that no she struggled with sin she struggled with the flesh it was not something now we went into Calvinism because of that and we will get into that um, a lot more too but it's amazing people change their doctrine yes we want to be holy yes we want people to be holy um, but we do not change doctrine to be able to fit that when you look at people in the Bible that were saved, okay? Please look at the people in the Bible that were saved. Guess what they struggled with? Sin. If we, if we say, First John, written to save people. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Okay? We deceive ourselves. That's for saved people. That's why 1 John 1, 9 was there. Okay? If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is for saved people, and that's what we need to go to God. So in order to want people to be holy and to live right, don't get into false doctrine for that. Look at the people in the Bible and see that they struggle with. You see Paul talking about the people on his missionary journeys, uh, the people that were saved, the people that he worked with. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Does he say he's not saved? No, okay? He said there's a sin nature and a flesh that we still have to deal with. And many times people lose that battle for a while. John Mark did, and John Mark got back right with God and served faithfully at the end. Um, it doesn't, doesn't mean he wasn't saved in the beginning and he got saved later and now he's, no, <laughs> he was saved. He struggled with sin in the flesh, he quit, he got back in the ministry and he served God. That's the flesh and the sin nature uh, that we have to deal with. So, um, and, all right. And you mentioned, you mentioned uh, just real quick, yes. you mentioned 1 John, 1 John, the end of 1 John, 1 John 5, 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. That How can I know as a Christian today that I have eternal life if I don't know 10 years from now I might be living in sin, in unquote unrepentant sin? How can I actually know today that I'm on my way to heaven if I don't know I will continue doing right for the rest of my life? I couldn't. It would be impossible. So I am able to know I'm going to heaven today despite the fact that I don't know what I'll do the rest of my life. Lord willing, I'll stay faithful to Christ. Lord willing, I'll continue to serve him. But if 30 years from now I do something really stupid, guess what? I'm still on my way to heaven. And I know today, if in 30 years from now I still do something stupid, I'm still on my way to heaven. We have an assurance in the Bible. We have an assurance in God's word. God doesn't want us to question back and forth. Man, today I lived for an hour. I lived in quote, unrepentant sin. Am I still going? Uh, am I still going to be there? You know, and this gets into eternal security and everything, but it's just, it's just, it's a terrible way for Christians to live, to think that every time that they start to struggle with sin, they got to question their salvation every single time. That's, that's a rough way to, to go about the Christian life. And it's not a joyful, fulfilled Christian life. Yeah. And it's a total misunderstanding of the Bible and doctrine and salvation. When we're saved, we're sealed into the day of redemption. We'll get more into this on Lordship Salvation when we talk more about that, but um, it is a big deal. Right now, please understand, go take your definition, put it in every verse in the Bible that has repentance in it, and you're gonna go, oh, man, turning from sin doesn't fit. What is it? It is to turn, it is a change of mind, okay? It's that simple, it's that simple. Look at the English, you cannot say to run is to walk fast to the store. To run is to walk fast, period. You define the verb by another verb and an adverb, not a prepositional phrase and a different object. And it's the same thing, simplicity in Christ. Believe, 
for salvation on the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Repent, turning from what we are trusting in to trusting only Jesus to save us. Those are salvation and those all fit and it's biblical, it's sound doctrine. Hey, let's reason concerning the scriptures, okay? All Amen. right, here we go. Email the fundamental Baptist podcast at gmail.com, okay? And tell me how horrible and how wrong we are or to say, you know, I listened honestly and that makes sense. And that was logical. That was biblical. If you have a question, what about? Uh, we'll do our best to try to answer those in the next ones. Um, and I'm glad to hear it, okay? We'd love your feedback. But um, I hope this was helpful as we reason concerning the scriptures. Logic and the Bible must prove that repentance, biblical definition, is not turning from your sin. Brother Tim, any closing? That's pretty much all I got. Just be careful who, who you listen to, careful who you follow. Make sure they're sound in doctrine, sound in, in salvation and what they believe. And Because you could steer your family, your kids. You can steer uh, so many people the wrong way. And uh, I'm just thankful for God's word and how sound it is. And I can resort back to that all the time. And uh, just grateful for salvation. Awesome. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.